0: There are reasons why we think that trend is going to continue, but it's the oldest medium. We are wired as humans to enjoy talking with each other. Voice, it's the first thing you hear when you come out of the womb. I I think we've been gathering with other people in small groups and talking since the beginning of civilization. It's the foundation of civilization.
1: Welcome to Mission Critical, a podcast about the big picture, the purpose, and the values that drive today's most game changing companies, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm your host, Lance Chung, editor in chief of Bay Street Bull, and I'll be introducing you to a group of brilliant minds who are making an impact on the world and forging the path ahead. While they may all be very different from one another, the question remains the same What's your mission? At the start of the pandemic, March 2020 to be precise, Paul Davison and Rohan Seth launched Clubhouse, a new type of social network that underscored the power and influence of the audio format. As the world collectively sheltered at home, Clubhouse's popularity skyrocketed with Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, and other notable figures engaging on the platform. Unless you were living under a rock, it was hard not to hear about it. From friends, colleagues, your Instagram feed, your LinkedIn connections, it seemed like everyone was on Clubhouse or at least clamoring for an invite to the platform. By the start of 2021, less than a year later, they were hitting 10 million weekly active users. On Clubhouse, users are able to find and listen to conversations between people by joining rooms where friends and strangers discuss everything from cryptocurrency and politics to sales and self-help. Hosts are also able to pass the mic to others in the room, while listeners have the ability to raise their hand if they have a question or want to speak. So how does one handle such meteoric growth? On today's episode, Paul and Rohan join me to talk about capturing lightning in a bottle, cultivating community, and the road ahead. Okay, we have Paul Davison and Rowan Seth, co-founders of Clubhouse today. How are you, gentlemen? Um, Where are you Zooming in from? How's your day going?
2: Doing well. We're both in San Francisco in our office in different conference rooms. We're
0: actually in the same office building right now, but in different offices so that there's no noise that you can hear from our, our laptop feedback.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, Well, I'm so glad that we could be chatting today. Um, I've been looking forward to it. And it's been obviously a wild ride since starting Clubhouse. So I want to unpack that and just lessons learned and things about, um, you know, looking forward. And um, yeah, it should be a walk in the park. How's that sound?
0: That sounds great.
1: Um, So, I mean, maybe we can start with, you know, I want to ask you, what is your elevator pitch to the world today? Maybe you can complete this sentence. Clubhouse is blank.
0: Clubhouse is a new type of social network based on voice, where people from around the world come together to talk and listen and learn from each other in real time. They're talking about thousands of different topics across all different parts of the world, hundreds of languages They're they're talking about philosophy and crypto and economics and surfing and hip hop and parenting and travel and and every topic under the sun and they're doing it all with their voices and and voice it's this incredibly powerful medium it's something that rohan and i've only come to appreciate through building this service but but when you talk to people using your voice you, you tend to connect in in a much more human way you have all the intonation and inflection and tone, but you don't have to worry about video. You don't have to worry about what you look like or how messy your house is. So people will <laughs> lean back in their chairs and they'll stare at the ceiling and they'll talk for hours and they'll close the app at the end of the day, feeling better than they did when they opened it. Cause they've spent that time deepening friendships and meeting people and learning. And, and so uh, at the end of the day, the way we think about it is it's a more human place on the internet. It's a place to talk and connect and learn. And our North Star has always been to build a space where people can close the app at the end of the session feeling better than they did when they opened it. And so that's really what it's about. It's a place where where people can actually talk with each other.
1: Yeah, that's great. And you know, there's so many different ways that you can paint a picture through voice that you can't necessarily through video or these other ways, right? And it's all about, as you said, intonation, inflection, and just the way that you are able to deliver all these different ways that you can deliver the same passage or the same kind of message.
0: And you can interact, right? If you have a question, you can interject. You, you you can ask them to go deeper. You can push them on things. There's that back and forth that you don't really have when, when you post something and, and just sort of let it go off into the ether, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, briefly, for those who may not be familiar, what was really the impetus to starting the platform? What Were you looking to solve a, pro, a problem? Or was it an idea that you just really... Were passion passionate was passionate about
2: so paul and i've known each other for 10 years now and um this we first met when we were both working on our own independent social companies before this and uh, we always really really enjoyed talking to each other and we'd always jam on ideas and uh wanted to work together but timing had never lined up and so we reconnected a couple of years ago and uh, uh on a, a completely different thing and uh, we started talking about oh let's figure out a way to work together Let's not do social because we're too old for social. You know? <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to do <laughs> Like that. Paul's got three kids. I've got an. I've got a daughter, um, and so we said, um, you know, let's let's try a different space. Let's uh, look into productivity, education. We explored a lot of ideas, but then we kept coming back to audio, and we both had an independent interest in audio. I'd I'd built an audio social app for my last company uh, called Phone Friend. Paul is like an avid listener of like uh, podcasts and audiobooks. And the things that kind of attracted us to audio, you know, we talked about them briefly, but we we felt um, audio was going through this really interesting uh, technology inflection point with AirPods and really really good text to speech and speech to text. We also felt like audio is like inherently social. It's like really really easy to create. It's it's not like texting or photos where you have to learn how to do, and uh, you could just simply talk. And we really really liked that about the medium. You know, it's we've always said uh, it's. It allows you to communicate in a more authentic way um it's just a more human way to communicate we really really like that and we we, we said um you know let, let's try something here uh, we started building a couple of different ideas And i think clubhouse was the third concept that we that we tried the, the
0: other thing i'd add to that is that um podcasting like we love podcasting it's one of the reasons why we started the company the the richness of the medium like rohan said the fact that you can do it while you're doing other things it's amazing it's incredible we love having conversations with our friends too the 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 thing that had always frustrated us is that it's really hard to find good spoken audio content and and there's no reason why it should be so hard if you think about it it's not hard to create the content if you're a smart person a funny person you have domain expertise you can just talk right to a like-minded person and there are people that would love to just be a fly on the wall and listen to that The challenge is that it's really hard to produce the content and to distribute the content, given the way the RSS-based podcast ecosystem works. Like if you think about it, every time a new medium has emerged on the internet, these services that have have emerged that that make it easy, right? You you just pick a username, press a button, and create content. They have hashtags and at mentions and things like that to help you get distribution, and it just works, right? For text, we had Twitter. For photos, we had Instagram. For video, we had YouTube, and now TikTok. But for spoken audio. Think about how hard it is, right? You you have to first say, hey, everyone, I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) And and that's a big leap. You have to give it a name that's different from your own and commit to doing it at this regular cadence. And then you have to invite all your friends to be guests on your podcast, which doesn't have any distribution yet. And then you have to schedule time with them to come to your studio, which means you have to set up a studio. You have to learn about microphones and recording technology. and, And then you have to prepare for the recording. And then you have to record it. Then you have to do post production and have intro music and cover art. Then you have to set up RSS feeds. Like you shouldn't have to know what RSS is in order to talk. And, and then when you do put the content out there, there's a delay until people can listen to it, which means you can't do live, you can't do interactive, you can't do things that are the foundation of terrestrial radio, you know, live sports, breaking news, listener calling shows. You can't do any of that. When you put the content out there, when people interact with it, when they comment on it, you don't get that feedback because it lives across a bunch of different players. It's really hard to monetize. It's really hard to get distribution. I mean, there's so many things about the experience that are just hard. And and as we got deeper into the space, we just said, it shouldn't be this hard. There should be a better way to do it. And and so to to Rohan's point, we hadn't been planning to build a social app. We'd actually actively said, we're not gonna build another social app because those things are crazy. (laughs) But as we got deeper into it, eventually we said, ah, shoot, we got to do another social app, but as soon as we dove in, we, we, we just said, oh, we love this so much, you know, it's just something that we've always enjoyed doing. Um, and, and just, just loved, uh, loved building in this space, you know?
1: Right. Of course. And, you know. When you debuted, you debuted it in March of 2020. If That's I'm right. Correct. Yeah. Which, from as our we basement. all know, was uh, an absolutely insane time of year and everything that came out afterwards. What was it like to roll out your platform at that time um, and, and build it? Um, you know, what was important about that timing, unintentional as it may have been? and And what did you learn from those first few months as everyone was kind of sheltering at home? And, and engaging on the platform.
2: Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of folks don't realize, but, uh, when we started the entire company was just Paul and me. And I, th- I think for most of 2020, the entire company was just Paul and me.
0: We, we actually started in late 2019. Uh, that, that's really when we started working yeah. on, on all of this
2: you know stuff. the, the way we would work is, you know, we would both, we're both product people. We both collaborate and product, uh, Paul would do the designs. I would do the coding and, uh, we would just try out ideas and we would try to test them as quickly as possible. We would share it with our friends. And so the the first version of Clubhouse was just one room. You would open the app and the entire app was one single room. Anytime somebody would open the app, it would send us a little notification saying someone is using Clubhouse. And so we would both rush, mostly Paul would like rush to the app and it was like a Clippy in Clubhouse. Just, you know, hey, welcome to Clubhouse. (laughs) Hi,
0: it looks like you're trying to use Clubhouse.
2: (laughs) And we would start talking to people. And, uh, uh, you know, when nobody was in the app, Paul and I were behind the scenes, you know, like talking to each other and trying to figure out what else we should build with it. And uh, I remember this one moment where uh, somebody opened up the app and we were like, Paul, don't jump in this time. Let's see if somebody else jumps in and uh, somebody else jumped in and so other hard. people jumped in and we didn't have to be there. And so for a lot of the early days, it was just um, iterating the product and understanding how people would like to use it. And uh, we started with friends, but people started to invite more and more people.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that it's it's been, a, as you mentioned, a roller coaster of, of an 18 months or so. Like, it's crazy to think that just last year, it, the The platform didn't even exist. We hadn't even thought to build, uh, you know, to start working on it. And it's really exciting to see how global it's become, how diverse it's become during that period. As you mentioned, it's been a pretty unique period in history, and, and we're grateful that that in a time when people have needed to connect, they've been able to connect through Clubhouse. We actually think that as the world begins to open up, as people start to go back. I think that's better for the platform, right? Like when we think about voice as a medium and, and social platforms in general, they tend not to create new behaviors. They tend to take things that we've always enjoyed doing that we're wired to do, and they just make it easier to do it instantly with anyone in the world. And, and this even predates the internet, right? If you think about the telephone before that existed, we loved talking to people, but you could only talk to people who are within the earshot. That's just how physics worked. And then we got the telephone and I could sit here and talk with people in London and Tokyo and Nairobi. And and that was a big change in, in the fabric of society. Or before video, I could only see things that were line of sight. And now I can see through buildings and through mountains and across continents. And I could see you here today. And uh, that that's just the, the inevitable march of technology. It just takes these human behaviors and it makes it easier for us to do them. And when we think about voice, we often say it's a relatively new medium in the world of social networking, at least in the U.S., and it's been growing quickly over the last five years or so because of things like AirPods and smart speakers and in-car integrations and text-to-speech and machine translation. There are reasons why we think that trend is going to continue, but it's the oldest medium. We we are wired as humans to enjoy talking with each other. Voice, it's the first thing you hear when you come out of the womb. I, I think we've been gathering with other people in small groups and talking since the beginning of civilization. It's the foundation of civilization. And part of what made us excited to build clubhouse and and what we think has propelled the growth of it it is the fact that that is just an inherently human thing to to want to do like i was talking with a, a with someone a while back and and he was saying wow you know i think that that this stuff could replace radio and and we think about radio but we also think about podcasts and dating and dinner parties and phone calls and conferences and conventions and and comedy shows, and, and 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 musical performances, and and company earnings calls, and post game press conferences. I mean, what can you do when you get together with other people and use your voice? There's a lot that you can do. It turns out, and and so you know, we're excited to start the new year, to to enter 2022, and to, to see the world open up, to, to see times when people can commute, when they can go to the store, when they can go to the gym, when you can have word of mouth, and people can talk about rooms that they were in the night before, uh, you know, the, the way we kind of view this stuff is these things don't replace real world behavior. They, they augment it. You know, I, I don't think people are going to stop using uh, grocery delivery services or Amazon when they can go to supermarkets. I don't think people stop dating when when they can go to bars. I think these things are compliments that, that are kind of durable. Yeah, it's been it's been an exciting year. But I think the year ahead is is what we're more excited about.
1: Yeah. And just looking back quickly, I mean, what have been some of the biggest milestones that have been just kind of like big wow moments? When did you? When did it really sink in for you that this platform was something that was resonating with people, something that was taking off?
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Rohan and I, we've been building social products for a while. So we always try and be uh, skeptical. We always try to not focus on external things and just ruthlessly focus on the product and, and on the community. You know, we... We launched the app in beta last March. We didn't even put it in the app store till last September. We didn't have a website. We weren't in the app store. We didn't have social media accounts. We we politely declined any press stuff because we, we just wanted to focus on the product and on the community. And, and it's been really exciting to see what, what's happened since then, right? Back then, Clubhouse was, as Rohan mentioned, a single room. And it was a, a, there was no audience. Everyone was a speaker. There was no follow graph. Everyone followed everyone and and it really was a single community when it started out it was pretty tech heavy it was pretty silicon valley centric and what we found when we launched it is that people just kept coming back we've been building social products for long enough to know that doesn't normally happen right it it struck Mm -hmm. a it, it struck a chord with people early on and people just kept coming back and they and they started talking about it more and more not because we were doing anything to promote it but because they were spending 20, 30, 40, 50 hours a week talking with people. And, and they would close the app feeling better than they did when they opened it. It was giving them time back and, and it was helping them deepen friendships and meet people and learn. And as soon as we 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 kind of noticed that that something was happening and people kept coming back, we made a really intentional effort to diversify the community. We said to people in the, in the early community, please help us invite more women, invite more underrepresented minorities, invite people from other industries, invite people from other geographies. And that's just been such an incredible evolution of of the product to move beyond that one community to become a network of many different communities to to spread to other countries, to spread to other verticals and and, and other demos. And and that's the big story, I I think I would say of of Clubhouse back then to Clubhouse today. It's just much larger, much more diverse it has been a roller coaster i will i will agree with that (laughs) you know back in january we our company was eight or nine people we're we're about 80 or 90 people right now we we opened up to the world to move beyond the invite system we we built foundational features like dms and 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 universal search we launched replays and pinned links we've localized the app into um you know 13 new languages with more to come and what we've seen as we've done, as, as we sort of gone through those changes and launched those new features, is each time we do one of those, uh, you see new behaviors emerge, right? You you see new people join from new corners of the world. We launched on Android over the summer and and had 10 million new people join in in the first six weeks. We launched uh, our back channel messaging system and, and saw a billion messages sent um, pretty quickly after we launched it over the summer. You know, the beginning of the summer there were people. Uh, starting something like 300,000 rooms per day by the end of the summer that had gone up to 700,000 we've seen engagement per day increase during that period the average listener now spends more than 70 minutes a day on the platform a day and and the 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 north star to us is that it's time that is additive to their lives as rohan mentioned we've designed the whole thing so you can multitask while you're using it so people are driving they're, they're in the gym, they're they're in the shower, they're nursing, they're folding laundry, they're doing all sorts of other stuff. And we just want to continue along that path. You know, startups are always crazy, but the but the way that that we think about it is we just take a really long-term focus. And we we just try not to be distracted. We try and stay heads down, building, focused on the community, focused on the product, building the best social audio experience in the world. And that's what we want to keep doing in the future.
1: so fast and capture lightning in a bottle in the way that you did at the beginning of 2020. What do you think are the steps crucial to navigating or leveraging that kind of momentum and making sure that you are you're you're using it to its fullest potential? You know what are some things to not get trapped into or to watch out for based on what you've learned um, from your experience?
0: So we've had a number of different periods throughout this year where, where you see big spikes, right? I think January, February, we had one. June, we had one. July, we had one. I think that's pretty normal for, for an early stage social platform, but that's actually not the goal. The goal is not leveraging momentum or, or leveraging hype. The goal for us has always been the long-term, right? We we really focus on on stability and and moving beyond the periods of, of you know intermittent roller coaster rides to to really like long term growth of the platform. So I mentioned before for the longest time we kept the team extremely small so we could focus on building. We we didn't have a website. We were not in the app store. We we had the invite model not because we wanted to create anything exclusive but because we wanted to make sure that as you scale the community, each time you add a new wave of of users, the experience for everyone gets better rather than worse. You know, we we intentionally did not do press, did not have publicity for a long time, uh, really because we just want to focus on the product. We just want to focus on the long term. So the way we think about it is we're grateful that people care about what we're building. We're we're really grateful to get to have conversations like this and get to tell the story of the community and 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 the experiences that people are having and and to celebrate what people have been doing on the platform, but we never really think about leveraging momentum, we think about long term rather than rather than any specific moments in, in in history.
2: One of the things you know we've always said is we want to build a long-term platform. We think audio is a really durable medium. We feel grateful for the opportunity to get to build on it. Um, but we think the most important thing for us is to focus on a product in our community, continuously ship improvements to the product, keep making a product better and better every single week and uh, uh you know that's kind of what motivates paul and me and our, our teammates
0: yeah
1: yeah i want to circle back to one thing that you mentioned um, paul quickly about inv- you know encouraging your users to invite people mm-hmm. and to you know to kind of bolster a sense of inclusiveness yeah. uh, on the on the platform and the community you know from from your experience from both of your experiences what have you learned about community cultivation power dynamics amplifying voices and and moderating you know toxic behavior that you can see in these kind of open forum style uh spaces
0: yeah um just to to frame that i guess the the way we think about it and it's something that we've come to really appreciate the power of over time is that there is there's something incredibly important and and impactful that that you can do when you can bring people with different perspectives and different lived experiences into a room and and create a place where they can talk to each other as humans. And we've seen this over and over and over again. Like during the 2020 US presidential election, we had rooms with far left liberals talking with Trump voters and it it wasn't arguing, it wasn't an echo chamber. They, They were talking as humans and they were sharing like why they voted the way that they voted and what their life has been like the last four years, the last eight years, the last 12 years, and, and what they want for their children going forward. And I got so many texts from people after these rooms saying, wow, I, I literally had never even thought about it that way. Or when George Floyd was murdered, we had, we had I remember going into this room where there were five or 10 members of the user community who were predominantly white talking about how they could be better allies and, and how to make sense of the situation that, that was happening. And, and I came back 10 minutes later and they had been joined by another five or 10 members of the community who were predominantly black. And they were talking about their lived experience and what this meant to them. And it was a raw and difficult and important time in the country and in the world and, and the conversation I wanted for hours and, and days. And, and those moments are, are just so important. And, and more recently, there was a room that called uh, Meet Palestinians and Israelis. That was started by uh, a couple members of the user community in, in Palestine and Israel. When there was some violence happening in that part of the world and and they opened it to say hey everyone we know you're reading about our our region in in the news we know you're hearing a lot of things come talk with us we live here we grew up here and they weren't political pundits they were shopkeepers and teachers and students and parents and and they kept the room open for something like 12 days continuously <laughs> around the clock and something like half a million people cycled into that room and they talked with them and, and I think more recently with the situation in Afghanistan, there have been incredibly powerful rooms where people on the ground are talking with people in the outside world and they're sharing their stories. You know, the, the unfortunate reality is that a lot of people in the world, too many of us live in neighborhoods where you might not get the chance to do that, where a lot of people might look like you or act like you or have similar backgrounds to you. You might work in a place where that's true. And we're so excited about creating a place where people from different corners of the world with different backgrounds and lived experiences can come together and talk. And that's really what we've been focused on. So when you talk about what have we learned about creating community, boy, so many lessons. You know, A lot of them are in the details of the product design, the feature design, um, things like making sure that creators are always in control. You know, Rohan and I talked in the early days about how there are gonna be situations where the wishes of a speaker in the room might be at odds with the wishes of a listener or would be listener. Like like maybe you Lance have a room and I want to be in the room, but you don't want me there. Or you have a great stage that you're hosting. And I want to come up and speak my mind, but you don't want me to. We decided in the early days that in every one of those situations, we pick you. We will always prioritize you as the creator of the room because we want to make sure that Clubhouse is not a place where you go and get dunked on or get trolled or, or where you have a bad experience where people can speak at you without your permission. We want you, to be able to bring people together the way that you want to bring people together. So we focus on empowering people as moderators of rooms, as founders of clubs, which are groups within Clubhouse, to to do that. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned is when you can allow people to create their own containers and and to bring people together that way, you can scale from a, a single community of beta testers into this global network of many different communities. And you can preserve that sense of intimacy and preserve the ability for people to have those important conversations, even as you scale.
1: Yeah, I mean, building on that, while I was researching for our, our chat today, I listened to an interview where you talk about scaling intimacy. Um, yeah. And so maybe you can unpack that a little bit more because, at you know, when you read it, it sounds kind of contradictory in a way. How do you scale something intimate? So what does that mean?
0: Yeah, we thought about this a lot. And, and we thought about this in the very early days of the product we we recognized the power of these conversations that people are having with their voices to to catch up with old friends to meet new friends to learn to be entertained to connect as humans and we sort of said well how do you preserve that as you as you scale And I think the biggest way that you can do that is by empowering people to create their own, Uh, boundaries to create their own containers that a lot of that comes down to the network design and and the permissions that you give people do you prioritize the creators or do you prioritize the listeners and do you provide people with things like rooms and, and things like clubs where where they can choose who they want to have come together and how they want them to come together we we allow people to create their own rules like literally when you create a club you can say these are the five rules of the club and before you can come up and speak in this club you have to agree to these rules that, that's really, really important. And um, do you provide different features that allow them to limit the size of rooms? You know, we, we, we allow people to create private rooms, we allow people to create what we call social rooms, where only the people who you follow can join. So it creates this nice friends of friends dynamic that that really encourages that sort of intimate connection. And in, in everything we do, we come back to those principles. And, and we try and make sure that, that as we grow, we recognize that the world is not a monoculture and Clubhouse should not be one either. People should be empowered to, to come together the way they want to come together. And I think that's that's really how you do it. And it's a challenge, right? It's a real challenge. That That's the focus of everything that we do.
1: Yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, what makes a great brand experience? What does it mean to create a human-centered experience in such a digital first world? How do you bring an offline experience to an online world?
0: The beautiful thing, the wonderful thing about building a live group audio product, you know, and we've introduced replays. So if you're if you're a podcaster, you wanna create recorded content and have it live on, you can do that too. But really the foundation of Clubhouse has been live conversations. And when you're building a live group audio product, you get to talk with your user community while you are building the product. In the early days, Rohan and I would be in that one room for 12, 14 hours a day, talking with people while we're building. They would verbally report a bug. We'd fix it and ship an update eight minutes later and thank them in the room. And we've tried to continue with, with, in that same spirit today. So every Wednesday at five o'clock Pacific time, Rohan and I uh, hold new user orientation where we, it, we create a room, and, and we invite all the people who have joined in the past seven days. And, and we give them a big introduction to what Clubhouse is and how it works and what all the buttons do and what all the norms are. And then we invite them to come up on stage and ask us questions. And we make sure that they feel oriented. They know what to do to get set up properly. Every Sunday, we hold a town hall at 9 a.m. Pacific time where we talk with the community. We answer their questions. We, we talk about the features that we're going to be shipping the next week. And we try and make sure that everything that we do is guided by, informed by, the feedback that we're hearing from them on the platform. So so I think a lot of things contribute to it. The medium is a big thing. Audio just really encourages a more human form of dialogue and connection. I mentioned before, when you're talking with someone with your voice, you have all the intonation and inflection and fidelity and tone and, and bids and asks. You, you can challenge them, you can question them, you can respond to them without any of the anxiety of video. And we think that's a really powerful thing. We think building the network structure so that you can't get spoken at as a creator, you're always in control. We think that's really powerful, building those features to preserve intimacy. But but I think it's also in, in how you interact with your community. Can you have that dialogue with them? Can you talk with them? Can you make sure that what you're building is responding to their needs? Can you speak with them like uh, as a human? Mm. And, and we try and make that ripple through to everything that we do with the product. Our app icon, it rotates out, so it's a photograph of a different member of the user community every month. And and like, it's a, it's a really fun thing that we've been doing since the early days. It's just a reflection of the fact that the people on Clubhouse are what matter, right? That's everything, it's just a it's just an empty container filled with the faces of amazing people who are talking and laughing and exploring the hallways. And, and there's no one way that you keep that spirit
2: going. And what, one thing I wanna to add to the medium part is, you know, clubhouse is, uh, you know, voice. It's not a monologue. People don't end up performing as much. It always ends up being a dialogue or a trilogue. And so the, one thing that makes it more Watch human is you're <laughs> always talking to people and you're always listening to people talk. Uh, it, it just feels a lot more natural than posting a photo or yeah. thinking of like a perfectly crafted uh, snippet of text.
0: And, and the breadth and variety is unbelievable. Like yeah. you, you have people singing opera and hosting game shows and hosting fireside chats and late night parties, literally throwing birthday parties for people, hosting memorial rooms for people who have passed. You have people practicing foreign languages with people that live in other countries. You you have every type of of debate and and dialogue and and experience that you could conceive of. And that's fantastic. Like we literally talk about exploring the hallways and, and it's kind of like, Uh, You know, you go to a conference and some people like to go see the keynote speaker in the auditorium and it's not very interactive, but she's a great speaker and they just want to listen to her and they have a great time doing that. Other people go to the breakout sessions that are more niche, more interactive. And then you have the hallways of the convention center lined with thousands of people charging their phones and introducing their colleagues to each other. And that's where some of the most special moments happen. Or you have a music festival, you have the main stage and the side stages and thousands of people spread out on picnic blankets, meeting friends of friends. That's what Clubhouse is like. You can explore the hallways. You can bring people together the way you wanna bring people together. You can have a dinner party. You can have a dance party. You can have a trivia night. You can have whatever you want. And that variety, that humanity that's present in the world is present all throughout Clubhouse and you can experience it however you want.
1: Now, what are you taking from 2021 to 2020 into the year ahead, the road ahead? What are the kind of like some of the biggest lessons that you're carrying with you that you want to, uh, you know, use moving forward? And and what are you excited about?
2: <laughs> Maybe I'll start with like one thing that like we started doing in 2021 and, and uh, wish we had done that sooner. Was um, for the longest time, our team was really, really small. We didn't hire fast enough. We didn't grow the team. We didn't build an amazing foundation for um, for building Clubhouse. And uh, a big part of this year has been hiring an incredible team. You know, Paul mentioned we've gone from nine to ninety, um, and we're just so grateful for an incredible team. You know, we have some of the best engineers and designers and marketing people and policy people, trust and safety experts and. The thing that I'm really, really excited about is growing our culture, continuing to build out the team, uh, just having a lot of fun while doing it.
0: You know, we we try and take a really long-term focus on everything. And when we think about things like our approach to community and, and to creators, we, we really just um, try and talk with them every week and understand where the gaps are and what the features are that they need, and then move to ship them the following week, you know? um and, and we try to always make decisions that prioritize them when we think about our business model we want to have a business model that is aligned with the needs of our creators So we're only growing as a business if they're growing as individuals so we launched a payments feature in beta earlier this year and it allows you to pay people on the platform if, if you really appreciate the experience that you're having or, or the experience that they're hosting and when you do that 100 percent of the money goes to them uh clubhouse takes nothing um, and and it's that ethos that we kind of want to carry into our year of building in, in 2022. So when you think about social apps, when they work, they tend to work because a single core experience or a single core interaction works. And, and that doesn't necessarily change dramatically over time. It's really a series of steady improvements punctuated by big features that you launch every six months or 12 months or 18 months. Really what we're excited about is, is um, a lot of the optimizations. We want to make sure that when you come to clubhouse, you immediately find your people, you find your communities. you find incredible rooms and 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 mind-blowing conversations and and that's not just you know the big rooms like oprah winfrey and 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 famous musicians and heads of state and 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 authors like that's all exciting to see um, just pulling from some of the rooms over the past few weeks. but um but the small rooms the ones where you're talking where you're where you're meeting people you're you're participating we want to help you find those rooms we want to make sure that that when you're in those rooms you have all the tools that you need to to raise your hand and ask a question or pin a link to the top of your room if you want to do that and and that you can have a really really great in-room experience if you're a creator we want to make sure that you can grow your audience steadily every week so that you can build in tools to monetize so we've been launching a lot of features over the last month or two to really help with that. I mentioned replays briefly before, that's something I think we're really excited about in in 2022. Uh, Before Clubhouse was ephemeral, you'd have a conversation, it was great, it was meaningful, but then it was gone. And that's great if you're having these small group conversations and you're just socializing, but when you're a professional creator, you want the content you create to have lasting value. And so with replays, they can do that. People can discover them in Clubhouse after the fact. People can share them far and wide. And so we've had a lot of people who are podcasters come on over the past few weeks and start to move their podcasting over to Clubhouse because they can gain reach, they can have the interactivity, they can can pin links at the top, they can monetize, but they can also download that content and repurpose it for their podcast, for their YouTube video. And, And we're really excited to continue allowing uh, building tools that help creators grow their audience every day and create a home for people who are formerly doing things on on their podcast and to build in additional features in the first quarter of this year to help them monetize in new ways. The other thing that we've always been excited about that that we want to continue doing is building tools for people to come together in the in-between moments to to have breakout rooms to talk about the the show they just experienced to 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 message with people to build community to meet friends of friends so it's not one big feature that we're planning to launch it's really a series of of continuous improvements so so we can just really continue to lead the way in 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 social audio and build the best tools and the best community for social audio in in the world And, and we just love it we feel so lucky that we get to do this thing every day and, and we just, you know, we just think about it all the time. We dream about it all the time. And, and we're we're really fortunate that that we get a build for the community and that we get a build alongside uh, the teammates that Rohan mentioned because the, the team's just been incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have to say that um, I listened to a lot of interviews with you both when I was doing this research. And um, there is just such a positive energy that I get from speaking to you both. And it's, <laughs> you know, I, I get this, like, this impression of, optimism and, and, you know, from, from both of you, how important has it been to have this optimistic spirit as an entrepreneur, but also as you built the company, do you consider yourselves optimists or, you know, how does, how do how do you move throughout the day? What's your POV on that?
2: The way I think about it and Paul chime in, yeah. but I feel like startups are hard. They, they, you know, you put in a lot of effort, and may or may not work and so you kind of have to maintain a certain amount of optimism uh, <laughs> but it's also really really important to maintain a sense of focus you know we we also tend to be fairly disciplined about what we spend our time on so we're very very optimistic and we dream big but we think in smaller chunks and how we're going to be executing that's kind of what keeps me going like i love dreaming big but then thinking about what's the sequence we always say respect for sequencing what is mm. um what are the, what are the things that we need to do today and tomorrow and later this week? And that's what keeps me going, but I'm, I'm curious to hear Paul's answer.
0: Yeah. I think the future is built by optimists. I, I feel like it's really easy to think about why something wouldn't work or to dunk on someone or, or to point out bad things. But I really feel like the future is built by people who say, yeah, that's hard, but, but we're going to figure that out. Right. And, and that's not the way it should work. We think it should work this way. And. Mm. There's always more work to do. There are always challenges, but but I feel so grateful that we live in a world where we get to go to work every day, and 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 work to build that. You know, it's actually one of our core values is embrace the good. I, I think that we we want to work really hard to create a product that people love, to create a company that that people love, to make sure that we do it with good values where. We're building something that makes people feel better rather than worse, that gives them time back instead of taking time away. Where we're, we're speaking with people directly and authentically and, and listening to them and, and trying to m- make the best product experience that we can for the community every day. And and like, yes, of course we'll make mistakes along the way, but I think that when you approach it that way, people appreciate it. And and I think it leads to a better product and a better company in the long term. So I think that um I, I appreciate that you picked up on that. And I, I think it's true. I think like we we think there's a lot of good that can be built and we're really excited to, to work to try and build it.
1: Yeah, I love that. Last question, you know, we talk a lot about purpose and values. Um, what's your mission at the end of the day and how have you been able to get people on board with it?
0: Yeah, the, the way that we think about it is we want to help create A world where people talk with each other, where where it's not about, uh, you know, throwing out a comment and and it's not about dunking on people. It's not about posturing and and having your social media manager post stuff for you and feeling anxious and doom scrolling, but it's about genuine, authentic human connection, right? And um, there are a lot of platforms out there, a lot of really great platforms out there. They all serve different purposes. We think voice is a really special medium that, that can do so much to to help people connect as humans to bring people together to help them learn to help them empathize and too often during the day we we don't really talk with each other we might talk at each other we we might look at our phones and and you know we think that when you can slow down and you can you can connect with people you can share your thoughts, share your opinions, you can learn, you can meet people, you can be friends and collaborators and partners and build those relationships and connect as a human with other people that that's really important to society. And um, we, we just love the idea of creating a place where no matter where you live, no matter what corner of the world you're in, no matter what networks you have access to, you can be in the room. You can find people, you can talk with people, you can have great conversations anytime you want from anywhere, that, that's a really powerful thing. And it's something that we'd be really proud to to
2: build. Yeah, and do it in a way that helps creators make a living on the platform, supporting
1: them. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. It's so nice to meet you both and hopefully maybe we'll see you in Toronto someday, but uh, until I then, would I love that. I would <laughs> love that. My me? wife that is Canadian. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Well, I mean, I, I look forward to the day, but um, thank you so much for the insightful and inspiring chat. And um, I hope we can do it again sometime soon. I would love
0: to. Thank I'm you so fantastic. much, Lance. Really, uh, really great talking with you.
1: Clubhouse was founded in the midst of the pandemic as people looked for new ways to occupy themselves and connect with others. What Rohan and Paul experienced as founders is an entrepreneur's dream, but comes with its own set of challenges. Where do you go once you've already reached the stars? How do you maintain momentum? For the two co-founders, it was always about community, about driving real human connection and dialogue. Clubhouse was an invaluable resource for many during the pandemic and how they evolve as a company moving forward will ultimately always be a manifestation of these original goals. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts so we can get the word out. To keep up to date, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in until next time. Ask yourself, what's your mission?